Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, Solar Warriors, welcome back to another Tactical Tuesday. Conversations with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast. If Thursdays are for thoughtful, insightful conversations around the who of the industry, our executive profiles, as you will, consider this the what, how, when, where, why, the tools of the trade. Today's guest is going to give us practical and tactical advice on something that has to be top of mind for anyone in the clean energy revolution, anyone trying to get more solar adopted and deployed on rooftops around the United States. My friend Carter Lavin of CALSA helps policy-focused climate change-fighting organizations like CALSA build power by bringing in allies and funding to support the organization's work. Today, we're going to talk about the rallies and the rally cry that we both believe must be elevated to a crescendo right now, why now is so urgent, and how you can participate. Stick around. You will not want to miss this conversation. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us here and level up your game. Remember, you can always go find more resources and learn more about today's guests and recommendations in the show notes for the episode over at mysuncast.com. While you're at it, I hope that you'll subscribe to the show because that's going to make sure that you get it delivered to your podcast platform of choice twice a week. You can leave it there, placeholder for when you're washing dishes or walking the dog or however you consume podcasts. For now, let's get down to business and tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, with another practical conversation here on Suncast. Carter, my friend, welcome to Suncast. It's been too long, and I am so grateful to have you on the show. Thanks, Nico. It's great to be here. It's very exciting to be doing this with you. Yeah, man, you're you're definitely someone whom I have turned to in uh, in moments where I need clarity, and you have such a grasp on the California market broadly. You know, both from a tactical on the ground, like how to help solar companies from your days at solar marketing, all the way to the work that you do now in partnerships and member support at CALSA. For those who maybe aren't involved at all in the California market, why don't we start with what in the heck is CALSA? Maybe they didn't listen to my episode with Bernadette. So let's set the stage for CALSA and then we'll talk a bit about the the various ways that you help constituents in California and, and broadly the rest of the United States because we follow California. Uh, succeed in the solar revolution? Sure thing. So the California Solar and Storage Association, CALSA, has been around for over 45 years. Uh, Simply put, we are the political voice of the solar industry here in California. Uh, For those of you who are like, okay, what does that mean? You know how there's like big pharma and big ag? We're we're big solar. Uh, You know, we are the lobbying group that represents uh, solar contractors, whether that's, you know, chuck in a truck, you know, single person operations up to large uh, companies, if you are putting solar on schools, family, homes, apartments, farms, and anywhere in California, we are here to represent you. And we're here to represent you to the politicians and vice versa and help be the bridge. Absolutely wonderful. CALSA 
for many in the policy realm is the standard bearer because you've been your team, Bernadette, everyone that supports the the California, what's called advocacy economy, as it were, have been at the very founding of our industry all the way back long before, but certainly creating uh, SB1 and the various policy iterations um, moving beyond that have, have become the support structure that got so much solar installed in California that set the example and standard for many other states to duplicate and replicate thanks to uh, Adam Browning and Vote Solar and the, and the work that you all have done collectively to proliferate that sort of thinking and, and advocacy and growth across the United States. Uh, I would encourage folks who haven't, please go listen to uh, Bernadette's episode and, and even Adam's episode from Vote Solar because it helps, it'll help you get a better understanding broadly of how policy really matters. Today, we're going to dig into something that, that leverages the very nature of how policy works in a state like California. If you're unfamiliar, and probably Carter can do a better explanation of this than I, but California's broken down into investor-owned utilities. Those utilities are regulated by the, by the Public Utilities Commission, and they partner in, I'll say, regulation or policy setting with the state. And not everything is legislated at the state level for these uh, utilities. It's at that point that I'll hand it off to you, Carter, because what's been happening in California for most people who are not in California is quite substantive. So can you help us understand how and where regulations like net energy metering, decisions on how that gets structured, how they get made, and why uh, right now is the biggest fight of our life in California and broadly the United States, because we are talking about a, a template being broken and re-established or renegotiated, as it were, that otherwise was supporting very well the growth of an economy that, that thousands of jobs depend on. Sure thing. And yeah, let's take a step back here for a second. When we're looking at solar projects and solar project economics in California and in many places across the United States, you know, whether that's residential or commercial, ag, industrial, these projects and the tens of thousands of jobs, uh, probably including yours, person who's listening in, depend on one critical policy which is net energy metering. That is, when you are making power on your site and you're making more than you need at that moment, you send it back to the utility grid, you get credited at a fair rate, and then later on when the sun's not shining or you need extra power, you withdraw from your credit, and at the end of the day, you are net saving on your bill. That's net metering. The utilities right now in California are trying to destroy that. They are pretending that they're negotiating in good faith. They're trying to pretend that they're working on making it equal, whatever, they are trying to destroy that. If they weren't, the policies and that what they proposed would look very different. In December of 2021, the utility commission, the regulators, the people who are supposed to protect everyday Californians against utility abuse, which is why utility commissions exist, because utilities as monopolies inherently tend towards causing issues. So there's a regulatory body to protect that commission after much lobbying from the utilities, put out a proposal on December 13th that would have dropped the value of solar energy by about 70 to 80%. It would have added a fee, about $1,000 per year of a tax on, on residential solar customers, and it would have retroactively hurt existing residential and commercial customers. Simply put, that is not a policy. A policy like that that would have destroyed 80-something percent of the market it's not a policy that a friend proposes. You know, that is the utilities going after the competition. So in response to that, the California solar market, CalSA, our allies, 
We delivered over 120,000 public comments to the governor's office uh, in the Utility Commission. The governor appoints the commissioners, so he has a lot of influence there. We delivered 120,000 public comments against that proposal. We organized the largest rally in and largest solar rally in American history in January. Uh, the governor, during that time period, swapped out two of the five commissioners. He said something needs to be changed in that proposal. The commission said they're going to take another look at that proposal. And then a few months later, which is now, the commission put out a new statement saying that they are going to basically reevaluate and change only a small aspect of it. So in response to our big protests, they punted. Then they came back and they said, OK, we're going to make it 5%, 10% better. That is not nearly enough. And so on Thursday, we're getting together to get real loud again with some more rallies, uh, really drive home the point. For those of you who are listening in real time, that Thursday mention is this Thursday, June 2nd. We'll be hopefully getting this out to enough folks in time to make it to one of those two rallies. They are going to be where they're located. San Francisco at the Utility Commission. So folks are going to be able to give public comment in real time, in person, in front of the five commissioners who are deciding the fate of the solar industry. And in downtown Los Angeles and Grand Park, uh, we'll be setting up like video testimonial tents. So folks who can't get from SoCal to San Francisco will still have the opportunity to submit a video recording of them into the public record. Uh, so we're expecting lots and lots of turnout there as well in Los Angeles. Yeah. And we covered a bit uh, back in January when we were all at uh, either at InterSolar or at one of these rallies or both the impact. Uh, so that's actually I'm, I'm making a list here of episodes that were put in the show notes. That I think you should uh, go and listen to if you need any more convincing or if you need background. One of those was with uh, was with Birchie back in January. And we'll uh, we'll link to that one. David Rosenfeld, who we interviewed a year ago on this very topic when it was a whole lot less sure what was going to happen. And we've got resources from those episodes that we'll link to as well for how you can better understand this. There's a ton of stuff you can read. We're going to try to short, short circuit the reading necessity for you here. Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. It's built in DC to DC coupling combined with other features like higher Energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on SunCast. Yeah, you. Thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know, I can hardly believe it myself. <laughs> but that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash Suncast, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. 
Carter, you said something that really uh, is striking for me, that the conversations at the Public Utility Commission, that the rally is intended to influence, to help them make better decisions, to show enough support that it would be effectively unconscionable for them to make a decision against that many people when presented with the data and the facts. The, the phrase you said is deciding the fate of the solar industry. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of folks would say, don't you think that's a little much? Carter, come on, like what happens in California is not going to decide my job in North Carolina. Can you help folks understand the sheer scale of, of two things? One, what's at stake? And mm-hmm. two, how much money is against us? Sure. So let's be really clear. Right now, what the utilities in California are doing is trying to destroy its multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, they're doing really nasty attack ads. They're spending literally millions of dollars per month on mailers and ads and lobbyists and lawyers to attack. Um, the California solar market is the biggest market in the nation on the distributed side. Uh, there's 70,000 something solar workers, the California Solar and Storage Association. We have nine people on staff, 730 member companies. Frankly, this is the biggest defense. You know, This is the biggest bulwark. This is the biggest solar army. I like to think of it as that way. If you were to map out like, mm-hmm. okay, here's this, this fight across the United States. This is the space where we have the strongest defense. And if the utilities in California are able to steamroll us, drive 80%, something like that, of the market out of business in California, one, just even in California, what's going to happen, let's say if there's a lot of folks, you know, the solar industry is made of uh, survivors and really tenacious people. And there's people who statistically think they will be in that 20% nub that will like figure out the way. One thing I like to point out is... uh, PG&E and those people, they're not going to lay off their lobbyists or fire their lawyers if they win. They'll, yeah. They won't say, hey, good job. You destroyed 80% of the market of our, of our competition. You're fired. No, they'll say, great job. Go after the next 20%. Come up with grid exit fees. Come up with self-consumption charges. Come up with whatever you can. And some people might say, oh, well, that's ridiculous. They can't charge, you know, they can't charge you can't add taxes to you to self-generate. It's like, actually, governments and regulators do all sorts of wild things. Like, you know, you have a, you know, try to try to transform your lawn into anything besides just a bunch of grass in most of California. And you're going to you're going to find out how much your property rights really extend. So in California, right. yes, there is a if this if this loses, this is going to keep going. You know, there's the, the future continues. And then if you're in other states. You know, there's been successes. You know, Florida had a veto, uh, other things like that. There have been successes. Mm -hmm. But what this shows every other market is, oh, every other utility can say, oh, I'll just copy the PG&E playbook. I now know how to hit solar. Mm -hmm. I now know what money to spend. I know the angles. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And now I can have ads like the even crazy California decided to destroy solar because of whatever, whatever reason. Why are we in insert your state here? you know, standing up and, you know, getting screwed, but whatever, when so like, just so good having, you know, there's, there's folks are, like, you can almost imagine the attack ad in North Carolina or Texas, if like California yeah. commits solar sepiku. And yeah. I think this is, you know, it's a big point of like, I mean, so I've been in, I've been in the solar industry for 16 years. Many of your listeners have probably been in similar, some less, some more. Politically speaking, you know, the utilities have never liked solar because, frankly, we're, you know, we're, we're the competition, we're the opposition. But sometimes we've been viewed as like a cute little baby tiger 
that they have is like, oh, that's like the solar industry. Isn't that kind of adorable? And then as we've grown as an industry and has been viewed as more of a threat to business as usual, utilities in California have been like, oh, I'm now concerned this little tiger thing isn't so cute anymore. And so in California, the reason why this is such a big fight is because over 1.3 million Californians have solar. You know, technologically, virtual power plants, distributed resource management, all this like kind of smarter grid stuff that we've talked about is a lot more technologically and politically feasible, which means the utilities will no longer be the center of everything. They won't be the big guy on campus. They won't be the people in control. And that's Mm -hmm. got them freaked out. You know, a, a power structure that's threatened is generally the ones that go bonkers. In other states, right now, the solar industries are small enough and they're still young upstarts that they're kind of in that like cute phase, so to speak. And my big, my big recommendation for those other states is politically organize and harden yourself as fast as you can because the utilities are going to come for you. They're going to copy the playbook that the utilities here are doing. And the stronger you are, the more politically cohesive you are. Uh, the better you're going to be able to be you know, a very prickly porcupine that helps defend yourself against uh, utility attacks. So what happens in California yeah. is going to very much reverberate across the country. Well, Carter, I mentioned that last year we had Dave Rosenfeld on. We talked about a bill that at that time, a year ago, we were worried about and was defeated. How's this different? Sure. So there's two things. There's a couple of things that are very different about this. One, so that bill was in the legislature which inherently is a little bit more uh, responsive to public pressure than the utility commission. Mm-hmm. The utility commission's a bureaucracy. It's regulators. Are, they're just a little bit more isolated. You know, at, at the end of the day, the legislature are people who are in your community talking. The other part is killing a bad bill, politically speaking, is, I mean, it takes a lot of work, but there's a lot of paths to victory, mm-hmm. whereas there's a lot of points of influence. So for example, the bad bill would have hurt schools, would have hurt existing schools that went solar. Teachers would have gotten fired. So we were able to get school districts that have solar across California to speak out against that bill. It would have hurt existing homeowners. So we got them to speak out. We got solar workers speaking out. We did a big truck rally. And it got to be enough politically toxic news that you know it's, it was very easy to say, hey, here's the person responsible for this thing. It's not some board. It is a, you know, a certain assembly member, and hey, let's kill this bill. It's very different to get a positive bill passed uh, because, uh, and anyone who follows federal policy can see, getting good things done is really hard. It's, it's a lot easier to stop things uh, because to stop things, all you have to have is people say, eh, that's not worth the effort. And a couple more things, obviously. To get a positive bill passed, you really have to build an extremely large coalition, very politically active, very engaged, and so it is a lot harder to get, you know, a, a double plus good NEM bill passed than a, you know, stopping a bad one. And on the other side, the one of the reasons why we were able to kill the bill last year versus this is, frankly, this stuff, net metering regulation, is the kind of wonky thing that belongs within the commission. This is their job. And so legislators were able to say, hey, look, we don't need to kill net metering in the legislature there's this NEM3 process happening. Um, You know, there's the official people are doing it. And so that's one of the big differences. This is kind of the home court of net metering. The utility commission is in charge of that. And so that's why it's all eyes on this, all eyes on the governor who appoints these commissioners. 
And that's why things like public comment are so critical. This, the Utility Commission, which, by the way, also regulates things like telecom. So you know, Comcast is one of the people that they deal with and like broadband and all that stuff, uh, the railroads. This issue, net metering, is the number one issue that they get comments on anytime it comes up. It is more public comments than any other issue that they've gotten. I haven't gone fully into the hundred something year historical record. So maybe there was some railroad thing 70 years ago, but like this is the most controversial thing. And one thing that's so important about in-person public comments, June 2nd in San Francisco and the virtual ones in LA, commissioners don't uh, get protested so often. They don't see this that much. Like they are you know, just kind of bureaucrats who are trying to do their job with the guidance of the governor. And it's sort of like if a thousand people showed up at your dentist's office chanting and protesting, saying, you know, stop using whatever gold fillings or whatever, your dentist is going to be like, I, I'm not used to this. You know, like it, it is a very different experience, which is very yeah. powerful to really kind of be loud in a place where people are not used to, you know, such passion. And it's a great tactic as well. Uh, it's a show of force, if you will. It is a show of passion and it demonstrates to them in public forum in a visible way that is also broadcast. On that point about tactics, you know, a common refrain people say is, but we're solar and we're California, we're immensely popular. How could this go through? And the thing is saying, talk to your neighbor, talk to your friend, talk to your church buddy, your drinking buddy, your whoever. Do they know that the utilities are about to kill your job? Did you know that? Does your spouse know that? Does your friend know that? And they say, oh, no, I've been busy. There's like a lot in the news. Like, yeah, that's bureaucrats and politicians and you know, monopolies and big corporations do terrible things if it's in the shadows uh, because they're like, oh, well, everyone likes this stuff. Why would it do? And it's like, yeah, well, shining a bright light on it makes sure that the commission and the governor do the right thing when everyone's watching. It's easy to do the right thing when everyone's watching. And so it's our job as solar professionals, solar activists, solar allies, is to make sure everyone's watching. And so the governor and the commission do the right thing. And they'll say, of course, we were going to do the right thing the entire time. Of course, we were going to do it while everyone's watching. And we say, yeah, we're so glad we were watching and we saw you do the right thing. Good job doing the right thing. It's important to keep an eye out on that. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, you and I talk about this um, from time to time. And, and you said something that stuck with me. You said, look, we're in a clean energy revolution, a, a hashtag that I and many other of us use often. But there are counter revolutionaries who want to see our revolution brought to an end. This is just politics. And a lot of us don't want to get our hands dirty in politics. Well, guess what? I'm sorry. The solar industry, I mean, Energy is inherently political, whether you're a whale oil company right. or a coal company. Like, I mean, World War One, like literal wars are fought around things like coal and oil and natural gas. And I'm not saying, oh, in the last 20 years, like hundreds of years ago, like this is yeah. to be in energy is to be political. And yeah. that's a part of life. Like when you when you're just a let's just say you're a solar broker, you're like, look, I'm a fresh face. I think this is cool. I'm helping people get solar. Nothing political about that. What you're doing yeah. is you're putting money into the pockets of your neighborhood as opposed to some big corporation. What you're doing is literally having people generate their power instead of some big corporation. And you're taking money mm -hmm. out of that big corporation's pocket and putting it into your ability to protect yourselves. 
that's political. Politics is mm -hmm. shaping the world. You are shaping the world when you work in energy. Yep. And so there are people who yeah. like the shape of the world. <laughs> there are people who are like, I'm a multi-billion dollar corporation. I'm good. They're going to try to stop you. <laughs> and that's why a lot of folks want to say, well, that's why I pay my dues at CalSA. Go do that work for me. Can't you just show up? And our call to action for you today is whether you're a CalSA member or not, whether you're a California market participant or not, your voice matters. Carter, where and how can people learn how to be a part of the rally that's happening in two mm -hmm. days and how to uh, lend their voice if we can't be in California? Yeah. Um, so the website, calsa.org, C-A-L-S-S-A.org, has all the information. Find us on Twitter, things like that. You can always give me a call, 916-228-4567. When you ring the main line to Calsa, it goes to my cell phone. I'm here to talk. Let's get you plugged in. And the big thing is it's not just you. And you know, to your point about Deuce, mm -hmm. if you're a Suncast listener, I'm assuming you're going to be there on Thursday because, of course, mm -hmm. you're a Suncast listener. You're not only one of the you're more solar attractive, warrior. smartest people in this industry, but you're passionate. You're the kind of person who's going to listen to a solar podcast. Your job, yeah. that's, that's, that is table six. That's the ante. Your job is to get 10 people yes. to come with you. That's what we need you to do. If, in fact, even more than that. But let's start with 10. Yep. And by the way, to his point, because you are so passionate, even if you're outside of the California market, I know that you've donated to help people get meals in other countries or even probably helped buy an Airbnb night in Ukraine because you believe that there's a right side to be on in war. There are things that you materially can do from North Carolina or Maine or Florida. You All you Floridians who got your market handed back to you, thanks to your governor having a change of heart overnight, there are things you can do. Reach out to Carter, take a look at what's happening in California and believe that if we let the utility win on this one, it doesn't stop there. They're coming for your jobs too, so to speak. Carter, thank you for taking the time to share with us the, this urgent, I'll call it a battle cry. Others aren't, don't necessarily always like the, the solar warrior moniker, but we really are in any revolution. It, there's a front line and, and this is a fight and we're taking the fight to the PUC on Thursday. We ask you to be there in LA or in San Francisco, or in spirit, if you can't be there in person. And if you need help uh, figuring out how you can help, you can, you can call Carter. He just gave you his email, his number. And what's your email, Carter? Uh, Carter at calsa.org. C-A-R-T-E-R -E at C-A-L-S-S-A dot O-R-G. All of that, of course, is in the show notes. Carter, thank you. Thank Good luck you. this Thursday. We will be uh, cheering you on from the sidelines here in North Carolina. And I know so many solar warriors will be cheering right from the battleground front lines in California. Looking forward to seeing the Solar Warriors there. Well, there you have it, Solar Warrior. If you didn't know, now you know. Get out to the solar rallies in California. There are times where we can sit by and let others do the work for us. And then there are times like now where we have to make our voices heard. If you want to win, you got to fight, as my friend Carter Lavin likes to say. Carter, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for helping us reframe and think about the battleground and the front lines in a tangible tactical way thank you for providing a forum through the advocacy work that you do at calsa that you all do such a mighty force for such a small team the the effort that uh, an output that is produced by calsa is is remarkable i just want to underscore for you solar warriors listening to this there are a lot of voices in the room 
many of you are in utility scale and you may not care about distributed generation at all, or at least in California or what's happening with those resi guys. But distributed generation is so much broader than just residential solar. It touches on and has a knock-on effect within the distributed generation umbrella. Commercial industrial solar, battery to grid, grid to battery, electric vehicle to grid, distributed energy resources, the residents, it all falls under the category of distributed generation. And what we want you to hear is that this net energy metering conversation or battle is the tip of the iceberg. It is simply what we see out in the public fight. There's so much more happening under the surface and we've got to make our voices heard if we want solar to be a relevant part of the political discourse. Support at your local state agency like HALSA. Support our national agencies like SIA and ACP. Be involved. As Bernadette said in the interview that we did with her a couple of years ago now, and I encourage you to go listen to it, it's incumbent on all of us to have civic action and be involved. Know what is at stake because it is nothing short of our livelihoods and the, and the industry that we aim to create and support and proliferate. That's a wrap on this conversation. And I hope that you will do as Carter said, you're already going to be involved. Go, your job is to go get 10, bring them with you. Send this message to someone, you know, in California, let them hear this episode. If you haven't shared it with someone already, I'd be super grateful for that. This is your way to show your civic engagement. Share this with someone else who needs to know that the rallies are happening. Share the calsa.org call to action from their website on your LinkedIn this week and show up on Thursday, please. If you are otherwise inclined and I would appreciate it, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Rate and review the show because that's how others can find this valuable information to help elevate them, their own understanding of how the clean energy revolution works and how they get to play a part in it the same way you and I do, Solar Warrior. Special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible and free for you. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. You can follow the links there for any of their offers, demos, cool benefits, etc. And that's also how you can find ways that you can partner with us here on Suncast. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It is half the battle.